In a world where James Franco is still considered a credible actor and Mike Busey can open a place called the Sausage Castle, one podcast will rise. One podcast will take a stand. Its hosts steadfast and strengthened by snark and snobbery. This podcast is Cinema Geekly. It's time for the Cinema Geekly podcast, episode 133. Before we get going, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash premium and sign yourself up for a one-year annual membership for only $12. $12 a year. So that's $1 a month, except you're paying it all up front because that would be stupid to pay $1 a month. Uh, $12 a year, though, gets you access to 365 days of bonus premium podcasting where we talk about all of the geek culture stuff that has a television show, by and large. <laughs> uh, like, almost everything. Uh, from Star Trek to Doctor Who, to all of the DC shows, to the Marvel shows, to The Walking Dead. Uh, to stuff that Glenn and I personally geek out about, like Better Call Saul. It has its own show. Uh, we're doing that to be... Well, look, we're, I don't want to downplay it make it sound like it's bad. D- Better Call Saul is fucking awesome, but it's kind of in lieu of getting to do a Breaking Bad podcast, which would have been awesome had the show been around... When, <laughs> had we had this website been around when Breaking Bad started, but it was not. So uh, in lieu of a Breaking Bad podcast, we're doing Better Call Saul, which in its own right is a fucking great show. I think, personally, those are some... The ones I'm involved with, Mm-hmm. I would say the Better Call Saul one and the time when Ben and I got to talk about Orange is a New Black. When you actually ah. get to talk about shows that have a lot of meat to them, mm-hmm. uh, that's those seem to be the better shows. And, and we're not saying we're not saying the DC shows are, are meatless, but they're more fun. They're, yeah, they're fun. We it's pretty yeah. much like, oh my god, there's a giant gorilla this week. I'm so happy, King Shark. Yes, <laughs> super excited. Um, so this episode is literally 100% a mailbag episode. This is all stuff that people, uh, have contributed by shooting us emails at info at cinemageekly.com. Uh, if you are a premium subscriber, uh, your stuff is guaranteed to be included into mailbags. Um, we have some non-premium, uh, emails in here as well. So that's all good. Uh, thanks to everybody who sends stuff in. Uh, and unlike other previous mailbag episodes where there's a few other things to discuss, this week there's nothing else to discuss. Uh, there was no news. Uh, this... um, Deadpool's doing good on screeners. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Deadpool has 20... Well, I mean, we'll talk about it when we talk about the uh, the upcoming movies. So um, we will. that will be something that we continue. We'll talk about the upcoming movies and the box office. But everything else is box office. Uh Hopefully, uh, we will be able to answer all of these questions since it's just Glenn and myself. Uh, all right, so uh, here we go. We're starting with uh, the Cinema Geekly Premium users first. Uh, Darren2884 says, I heard you guys drop more than your fair share of wrestling references over the course of several episodes. <laughs> Have you put any thought into doing a WWE podcast? Maybe a weekly recap he, he writes here, maybe a weekly recap of the week. <laughs> kind of somewhat, uh, somewhat redundant. A weekly recap of the week. I, I know what you're trying to say. Uh, or something along those lines. It seems like you might be pretty knowledgeable about it, and I wouldn't mind getting more in-depth thoughts. Um, 
Look, I, we do pay-per-views. That's about the only thing I'm willing to cover because I don't. I know it what was it kind of a running joke that I, I gave y'all a hard time about wrestling. And then as time went on, you guys realized I did revealed mo- way that. more than I ever, ever let on. Yeah. Well, what we have done, uh, Darren, if you want to go look through the archive on the premium website for the Side B podcast. Uh, there are a few episodes in there where we talk about WrestleMania once, and I think we did SummerSlam, a, a SummerSlam or something like that. Um, uh, that stuff is in there. Here's the thing. Uh, it's I, funny because we almost talk about it before every show. Yeah. It seems like. Here's the thing. I'm not a. I'm not against doing it uh, necessarily. Uh, in fact, I would say if maybe like a third of the premium subscribers like. Uh, I guess I'll say this: uh, if a third of if, if a third of premium subscribers, so if you're a premium subscriber subscriber and you're listening to this, and at least a third of you contact me, uh, info at cinemageekly.com and say you would like to hear it, then we will consider it. Um, the fact is, I uh, if we're talking like a like a weekly thing, so if it's like Raw, SmackDown, and uh, NXT, and and any pay per view that happens. Uh, by and large, I don't really like Raw or SmackDown. I don't. I, I actually don't watch them on a weekly basis. Uh, I usually watch the clips that WWE puts on their YouTube channel. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm the same way. I think I've told like I sometimes have Raw on in the background, and it's mostly just if I'm cleaning yeah. and doing other stuff. It's just on. And I'm constantly changing it back and forth because it seems like The Simpsons is also playing at the same time. So in between commercial breaks, that's what I flip to. (laughs) Uh, I I religiously watch NXT every week. Um, That's because it's an hour-long show that's easy to to digest. And it's very... That division of WWE is very competently run and everything makes sense and it's very simple. And it leads to uh, network specials that are usually incredible. They're very good. And when they get put up, uh, especially when they get put up against WWE's main roster bigger events, they usually tend to outshine them in every imaginable way. Uh, And that doesn't look like that's a trend that's going to stop anytime soon. I'm not necessarily against the idea, though. So if enough people say, yeah, I'd be interested, uh, even if that means listening to me every week talk about how much I can't stand most of what they do. Yeah, that's pretty much... uh, Three of us shitting on it. Yeah, it would, it would be mostly that. Uh, but if people are interested, if enough people say it, then I will at least talk with others about wanting to, to set something up. Uh, all right. Uh, Red Devils United, a longtime subscriber. Well, I guess as long time as you can get, considering it's only been around a little over a year. But as far as... The, in, one of the originals. In that scope of time, yeah. He was like one of the... Which, I can go look. He was like... Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. He was the thirteenth subscriber. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So he's actually further down the list than I thought. Who's the first one? Is it Ben? Green Mist is the first. No, no, no. Ben Knight is the first one. I stand corrected. Ben is and the Staff first. Staff Megatron up there. Ben Knight is the first. Then it's Green Mist, John the James, Generic Toph, Aaron's Pool Boy, and then Staff Omegatron. Yeah. Uh, so Red Devils writes in, and uh, I, I think maybe uh, guilting, I, I think he's trying to guilt me with this question. Any plans to go back streaming on the Twitch channel? <laughs> Anyone playing any new games lately? Um, 
the plans are always there to do the Twitch thing. Uh, I had I had stopped because uh, Aaron had gone on there a couple of times, as have you, Glenn, I believe. Uh, did you go? Did you ever go on our Twitch channel? I think you did. Yeah, I did with Arkham a lot. For me, it's I'm really quiet. I need another yeah. person to play with, or you're literally just watching me play the game, and I'm not going to talk. Glenn, Glenn um, and I, Glenn and I may 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 do some Star Wars Battlefront or something. The thing is, I uh, I had because st- it was mostly me and my brother were doing a lot of Grand Theft Auto playing, which uh, ultimately, once we've accomplished everything there was to accomplish, and when it just boiled down to there are some things we want to buy, so we just kept grinding at the game, doing repetitive shit over and over again. We didn't think that would make for a lot of fun streaming to see us do the same things over and over and over again just to get cash to buy some stuff that we wanted in the game. Uh, like uh, like the fabled yacht that you can now buy for $7 million. Um, stuff like that. But uh, uh, most of mo- it was mostly hindered because we were moving. And we're like, well, we'll go back to streaming after I moved. And then I never went back to streaming after we moved. Uh, largely because I didn't have a lot of games to play, and uh, I'm I'm mostly like a loner when it comes to playing my games. But because I like a lot of story driven games, and I don't want to have to be trying to talk to somebody while I'm playing the game. So it's I, I want to stream, but mostly when it's relaxed and we're just goofing off, and I'm not taking the game too seriously or trying to uh, trying to really concentrate on playing it. But I think we will try to. We will try to do it. And Glenn, now that I now that I picked up Battlefront on the cheap, which is an answer to your second question, that is a new game that I am playing. Although it's not new, I guess, but it's new-ish. Um, so yeah, now that I've picked that up, Glenn and I might find the time to uh, to do that. And it was fun because I think you and I did it a couple times during the mm-hmm. beta, didn't we? And that's yeah, we played it. I mean, times. you and Aaron did the streaming for it because I didn't yeah. get. I, I think I was out of town that weekend. Yeah, and that was good times. Uh, that that was a good time. So we may we may do that. Are you playing any other new games right now? No, not really. I just kind of cycle through. I mean, as far as Twitch goes, and I would have to figure out a way to do this. Um, my friend Pierce and I, when we play together, we get really animated, mm-hmm. and I think we should definitely record a campaign of us playing Gauntlet Legends because <laughs> all we do is scream and yell. Uh, like kids, little kids, the because, kids love that on the YouTube <laughs> because because we just get really in, we it's really intense for us for whatever reason we feed off each other's energy it's funny uh, so a lot a lot of swearing and a lot of oh, oh, oh god oh god like so you know if you're into that kind of thing it's it's pretty funny the um uh for me uh outside of outside of playing uh Battlefront which I just literally started playing like literally last night uh outside of that i've uh got my hands on arkham knight and have been playing through that a little bit uh that's a really solid game uh and it's been a shit ton of fun to play uh but what i'm actually really kind of waiting for what i'm the most excited about right now and not uncharted 4 because that doesn't come out for a couple of months still or, or no, maybe it comes out next month. I think it comes, comes out, March. out next month. Yeah. yeah. So I'm super fucking excited for that. But <laughs> on Tuesday, uh, uh, Dying Light has its uh, expansion pack that's coming out, and I'm super excited for that because they're essentially giving you a second game uh, for less than half the price of a of a full game. Uh, it's a gigantic expansion pack, and it's I think it's only twenty bucks for it, and it 
it's essentially releasing a second game. Um, I'm super excited because I love that game. I know it didn't get like uh, awards praise or anything like that, but that game is so much fun and I love it to death and I'm super excited for, for that. And that's coming out and me and my brother will probably be co-oping that. Uh, we could probably stream that. So, uh, since that's all new, uh, content, so we may get back on the streaming game. Uh, I don't know. We, we shall, we shall see. Uh, tequila monster writes, what popular movie or TV show do you refuse to watch? No matter what the reason, (laughs) (laughs) um, for me, this is I don't I don't know which direction I should go and should I go with movies that are like uh, how do how do we want to I don't know what we want to describe as popular here because my immediate thing is like well the Twilight movies are really fucking popular and I refuse to watch those I, I would say like popular in a in a good way like they're not popular because everyone craps on them for me it's easy and it's. It's the Big Lebowski. I refuse to watch it, just like Game of Thrones. And I, people get so frustrated with me. But yeah, I just—I'll never watch it. I really want to, and it makes me mad because I get to hear everybody talk about it. But yeah. I'm just never going to allow myself to experience it. I mean, that's okay. The dude abides. That's fine. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if there's a a really popular movie that like is critically acclaimed or something like that, that people are like, this is fucking amazing that I refuse to watch. I don't know if there is anything like that. I know there's movies that I've, I know that there are movies that are critically acclaimed that I've put off watching, but I'm not outright refusing to watch them. There's de- I mean, there's like a shit ton of them that I put off watching. Um, like I still, yeah, the town was one I put off for the longest yeah, time. Like I still haven't watched like platoon like classic movies, there's a million classic movies I've never gotten around to watching, but it's not like I refuse. I just, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, I, ref- uh, boy, you know what? There's, there's shows that are really popular that I, re- uh, I don't know. I was going to say like South Park maybe, but I'm not really outright refusing to watch it. I'm just choosing not to watch it because I I just don't care. And I have watched South Park in the past, so it's not like it's a show that I've never refused to watch. Like, I I just, I don't care about it, so I'm not watching it. But it's not like, I refuse to watch this fucking show. Uh, I refuse to watch Fox News. Does that count? (laughs) Like, I I literally blocked it on my television. Like, I put a a parental block on it that requires a code (laughs) to access it because I don't want my children to accidentally stumble onto it. Um, I'm not even kidding. There is a literal parental code on there. Uh, I just did it out of spite, but, uh, sorry. You don't want your kid coming up to you? Daddy, I really like Sean Hannity. What? Yeah, I don't want to, my hair is coming out quickly as it is. I don't want to. That's a conversation you don't want to have. Yeah. Daddy, what's the, what's the O'Reilly factor? I don't want to have to explain these things to my kids. I'd rather than be like, Daddy, what's death? What's the meaning of life? I'd rather have to try to explain that than, you know, uh, don't you love Megan Kelly, Dad? I do. Uh, I don't want to have to answer these questions to my children, so uh, I don't have an answer. Uh, speaking of things that I don't have an answer for, Firebrand83 writes, favorite comic book author of all time. This is why we need Aaron. Yeah, I'm really interested to see who Aaron... I feel like... I have this really bad feeling that he's either going to say Rob Liefeld because he created Deadpool, which, I mean, he's not necessarily the writer. He was more the artist. Mm-hmm. Or he's going to say, like, Stan Lee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could see him being pretty generic about it. 
Um, cause I never really hear him talk about writers. So that would be, I really wish Aaron was on here, but apparently the time slot he set, he forgot about. Uh, I mean, I've talked about him before. I really like Jeff Loeb. Um, now that he's also in charge of the, uh, Marvel TV department, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, he's, I mean, his hush runs are good. Long Halloween is fantastic and even the other ones like dark victory is good uh i'm not so big on a haunted halloween mostly because i thought it was part of the story arc of that long halloween run and it's really just like an offshoot of like many stories uh but yeah he's definitely my favorite even like daredevil yellow i mean even the marvel stuff he's done is really really good He's also written movies such as Teen Wolf and Commando. <laughs> so, um, wow. You know, yeah, uh, that's because that's how he started off. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's definitely one of my favorites. I, uh, I mean, Alan Moore is, I mean, the guy gave us Killing Joke and he gave us Watchmen, Watchmen but he's just way too up his own ass. Would you like to see what I was able to... And I don't even really like V for Vendetta. I like the movie ten times better than the comic book. I love that movie as well. Um, So I just Googled greatest comic book author of all time, and I pulled up... One of the first results was a list on comicbookresources.com. Would you like to hear the top ten as voted by the readers? Grant Morrison better not be up there, because he's absolute dog shit. Oh, no. Well, let's read... I'll read you the top ten according to this website. Uh, or do you want to do top 15? You can do 10. Okay, the top 10. Number 10, Jeff Johns. Okay, I mean, I mean, his Blackest Night run, he's really the one who, you know, kind of re-energized Green Lantern. His Flash stuff is pretty good. Uh, but he's also the one that <laughs> is kind of in charge for this new 52 that a lot of people don't like. So Uh-oh. He's done good stuff. It's just he also shouldn't be in charge. Superman is a dick. Uh, number nine, Mark Wade. Mark Wade's good. Uh, number eight, Brian K. Vaughn. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with this man's work? Yeah, I am. I mean, there's names. I, I don't know why I can't think of issues that he's read. I know I've read some Brian K. Vaughn stuff. It's just a, yeah, it's a, a familiar name. Like, I've heard that before. Uh, number seven, Warren Ellis. Well, yeah, no shit. I mean, (laughs) duh. Number six is Chris Claremont. Okay, that's right. I knew knew I've read some stuff. Yeah, he did Why the Last Man. That's right. Uh, Number five is Stan Lee. Does he belong in uh, this higher range? I mean, he gave us all those characters. A lot of people... You know, this may be too inside baseball, but most people are going to credit a lot of... And Stanley will even admit it from time to time. The reason why a lot of those comic books work is because of Jack Kirby. Yeah, other other uh, other people. And, and he's the, a good editor. I mean, he allowed a lot of people to grow and create other things. So. Number four, Frank Miller. Yeah, I mean, if you're into that kind of thing, <laughs> there's a silence. I mean, I, I like Frank Miller. A lot of his stuff is pretty. I don't really like a lot of his stuff, but dark, he, the the Dark Knight. I mean, uh, no, stuff when, he, when he's good, when he's on point, he can tell a fucking story. Uh, number three, Neil Gaiman. 
who's well, obviously a yeah. I mean, credibly, uh, I would I don't even consider him a comic book writer. I, I consider him like a fucking novelist and an author. Uh, number two, plug your ears, Glenn Grant Morrison. What is he? Apparently, a lot of people like him, though. He was number two on this list. I think, well, he was kind of part of that new wave of comic book writers that came through mm-hmm. uh, and really delved deep into, like, the character themselves. Yeah. But he's also the guy in charge of giving us Damian Wayne. Uh, I mean, I, I like his Arkham Asylum. It's good. Uh, it's kind of hard to read because the, the art is so surreal. Yeah. But. Uh, he's just, I just don't like the way he approaches things. He's just dumb. I mean, a lot of people are mad because he's also the one who killed Bruce Wayne and, you know, Infinite Crisis and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. uh, no, I just, I don't like his writing. If I see his name on a comic book, like, I immediately just turn away. I'm not even going to give it two cents. Like, I I just don't like his writing. And uh, number one, and of course, also, number one asshole, Alan Moore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's cre- obviously he's created like iconic pieces of, of. Com- In fact, the closest thing to reading an actual comic I've ever done was watching the motion comic of Watchmen, which was just uh, it was all of Watchmen, but it was uh, the they animated the the art from the books. Um, very very not not like into like a cartoon, but it was very. Uh, it's hard to explain. Uh, it was, yeah, it's tough to explain, but you can find it out there. Uh, it was the motion comic of Watchmen, which was kind of released in advance of like the movie coming out. Um, so yeah, that's the closest thing I've ever come to actually reading a comic book in my entire hey, life. Kevin so. Smith isn't too bad. I like, I mean, his, uh, quiver, the Oliver Queen one that he did about Arrow, that one's pretty good. Do you want me to see if Kevin Smith is actually on this list? Cause it's a top 100. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he's up there. You don't really have to spend the time to look. He's I not mean, on the top. He's not on the top fifty. I'll tell you that. Um, I mean, some of his stuff's good. Is Paul Dini on there? I mean, he hasn't done too many. Uh, but again, Paul Dini. I mean, he's you know he's more of a film TV writer. Yeah, he but, did a lot of the animated series. But his uh, a lot of I like his comics. He Heart of Hush is really really good. Yeah, he has not listed so. for, under under writers. Yeah. Uh, in case you were wondering, Jack Kirby was the number one artist, comic book artist of all. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a good, it's pretty much, uh, where's, uh, God, what's his name? I closed the window, so I hope you're not looking for any more information. Damn it. I feel bad now. You're like, what, what is this? I'm like, I closed the window. Fuck. I'm sorry. Uh, moving on to the next question, right, Glenn? Uh, I don't have it, uh, in front of me anymore. Uh, herding nerfs. Says, Alex Ross. That that was the, oh, that's Ross. The yes, yes. Looking for that guy. Yeah, I have Mark, heard of him as well. Yeah. Well, he's the one who did Kingdom Come. Yeah. So uh, the art for it, Mark Wade, you know, wrote it, and it's boof. Oh, okay. So uh, premium user hurting nerfs said, "I recently saw a video where Neil deGrasse Tyson said that in a fight, the Enterprise, uh, in a fight between the Enterprise and the Millennium Falcon, that the Enterprise would quote wipe its ass with the Falcon." What say you, fellas? I mean, he's right, because that's actually a ship designed for that kind of stuff. For combat, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> people are like... <laughs> it's it's not like who would win in a fight between Superman and, you know, uh, I don't know, Thanos or something. It's like where you've got two people that could kind of maybe equally stand ground. 
the Falcon is never like in the Star Wars movies shown to be like a fighting ship. Like it's like Han Solo. Oh, in Battlefront, it is for some reason, but <laughs> well, I mean, it's got some. St- it, it can fight its way out of. It can go into a battle or it's whatever. It's a smuggling but... ship. It's supposed to be fast and a getaway vehicle. Yeah, Solo uses it to get out of tight, you know, sticky situations. Uh, he's not there to. The Enterprise has shields and torpedoes, and it's it's built for defense and combat. Whereas the Falcon is really, you know, elusive. Maybe, you know, if the Falcon, like, zoomed around it a bunch of times, eventually wore its shields down, you know. But I, I think ultimately the Enterprise would, in fact, wipe its ass with the Millennium Falcon. But that's like an apples and oranges thing. I'm sorry, hurting nerfs. But judging by your account name, I'm guessing you were going to side with the Falcon here. But uh, I, I think the Enterprise would just over overpower it. Um, I mean, the Falcon might escape, but if we're talking of a situation where they're forced to fight each other, like Godzilla and Mothra style or whatever, or, or Muto style, if you're, you're like, what the fuck is Mothra? The new movie where he fights Muto. Um, if they're forced to let them fight each other, uh, you know, the Falcon would get its ass handed to it. Uh, if it was just like a who would survive type thing, the Falcon would because it'd escape. <laughs> Han Solo would hide it in some sort of asteroid. Um Okay, uh, Brandon K. Phillips emails in. Presumably not a premium. He's not a premium subscriber. I don't have that name on here. Nor does anybody, as far as I can tell, use their real name. Uh, except for Aurora. Aurora's username is Aurora Bubaloo. So, um, let me see here. Brandon K. Phillips says, Hi, everyone. I've been... Oh, this is an amazing question. I hope you're ready to answer this one, Glenn. Hi, everyone. I've been listening off and on since 2013. Uh, is that like a subtle swipe at us? Like he hasn't been listening, like continuously. I think he let, yeah, he's letting us know, like we're not kind of the right. same way I watch Seinfeld. Like, oh, oh, if, if you know, I'm at the right place at the right time, and it's on. I'll check you guys out, but I'm not like gonna set my DVR to record it. Uh, he says, I finally think you guys, I, I finally think you guys are finally finding your voices. <laughs> anyway. Damn. <laughs> this is a great question. Anyway, how do you think the Cinema Geekly podcast can contribute to the ever elusive human venture that is world peace? Great question. <laughs> Glenn, would you like to go first? Uh, uh, I would say probably let the women of the site handle it because I would definitely say they're much more smarter and accomplished than any of us boys. Yeah, this would be great if Ben were here or something, perhaps. <laughs> Like he could use some sort of legal legal mumbo jumbo to to maybe answer this man's question in uh, in a far more elusive way than the human venture that is world peace. Uh, <laughs> what an awesome question! Uh, I like that he's like, hey, I haven't been listening. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a regular listener, but I do listen off and on, and I think you guys are getting better. Anyway, uh, how do you think your show contributes to bettering the planet? Uh, well, it doesn't. I don't think uh, in any in any measurable way. Uh, I don't think we're hurting things. I think that might be our best contribution to world peace is that we're not hurting the efforts uh, towards world peace. That might be our best contribution. From time to time, we may open dialogue. Yeah. Uh, every now and again, we may come close to hurting uh, hurting uh, future relations for world peace. But I think by and large, uh, I think we're, we're very much like a Norway or something where we just remain neutral. Uh, in all things, we're like the new, neutral planet. I wish we were like Switzerland neutral to where everybody hid their money with us, but yeah, unfortunately, right. that is not the case. 
Um, uh, you know, you know, Glenn. Some some would say that we might put smiles on people's faces. That uh, perhaps our podcasts every week uh, are fun to listen to. Uh, makes people feel good about themselves because somebody out there shares a similar opinion to them, or maybe they're like, "Boy, listen to these losers," and I feel so much better about my own life now. Uh, something about you know, we I think we may put smiles on people's faces. I think that would contribute to world peace. Uh, in a small fractional way, but I think it may contribute in some small fashion. Um, what a what a what a great question! I mean, it's not as good as what is the creepiest thing that's ever happened to you, <laughs> but that's a good question. Uh, Karen Minnan, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name properly. Um, it is not Minion, as I had to double double take to look at that. It is Minnan. Um. I have noticed that there are a lot of women on your staff, but after listening to a few of the podcasts, I realized that they don't seem to be on any of them. Any plans to have them be more regular in the future? Uh, that is true. I think uh, Aurora has been on the regular podcast once or twice, and Jacqueline has been on once, uh, and that's about it. But uh, cheap plug, Karen, if you want to. Cinemageekly.com slash premium, and a lot of the ladies are there. Jacqueline, Jillian, and Aurora are on a bevy of podcasts. Uh, Jacqueline, Jillian, and Aurora do an all-girl, supergirl podcast called The Great Escape. And Aurora and I have done Marvel, uh, do the Marvel podcast. We've done the the Walking Dead podcast. Uh, and uh, Aurora, Ben, and I are doing a Star Trek podcast. So they're... Uh, and Jacqueline and Jillian have their own show too. And so. Jacqueline and Jillian have their own show. Jeez, I, you know, I, I don't know why I would forget to mention it because they are posting more frequently than we are this regular show. Uh, we approve it. Uh, the following has been approved. Uh, that's on the website uh, as well. Maybe you've not, maybe you've not caught those, but uh, if you subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, any of those uh, podcast catching apps. Uh, if you subscribe to the Cinema Geekly feed, uh, we or like it. us on Facebook, you'll see their posts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you're uh, if you catch it at the right time or whatever, because uh, some people actually don't go to the page; they just wait to see something pop up in their feed, and sometimes they miss it. I've I've heard people say that before as well. Like, didn't you say you're going to put up a new episode? And it's like, I did. Go to the Facebook page. Uh, and they're like, well, it didn't, it didn't show up in my feed. I'm now complaining about people complaining. Uh, yeah. So to answer your question, uh, there, I mean, basically everybody on staff is welcome to join in on the regular podcasts. Um, it's just, uh, usually a matter of scheduling and when a lot of them are doing other projects as well, uh, that it tends to get in the way. Uh, but yeah, Cinema Geekly Premium is the place where if you if you need a, a lady fix, they're there in droves uh, all over the Cinema Geekly Premium. And they'll Premium be on for the bigger ones, like when Jacqueline was on for Star Wars. That's right. Uh, and, and the Hot Guys, when we finally do another Hot Guys, another, they'll be on there. Another Hot Dude episode, yeah. They're around for the Harry Potter uh, mm-hmm. uh, episode we did as well. Um, Etzio, I'm hoping is how that is pronounced. E-T-Z-I-O. I'm hoping that's Etzio. Uh, no movie or TV questions come to my mind, but my inner five-year-old is dying to ask what your favorite junk food is. So what's your favorite junk food? <laughs> that is a question that a child would ask. 
I don't. I can't think of a question. So my what's your thing, favorite I don't color? think they exist anymore. Really? What's yours? Dunkaroos. Oh yeah, Dunkaroos are amazing. I don't Those think they exist. Awesome. I don't think they exist anymore. Oh, it's like the okay. So that was like one of the first things I did whenever I uh, I moved out. I went to college and I was living on campus. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, finally, you know, I'm gonna get all get all the stuff I want. And then I, you know, I blew up into a whale because I bought all the things I never got to eat as a kid. And like one of the first things I bought was Dunkaroos. I bought like three boxes, and I was like, yes, <laughs> I will never go a day without these. I'm about to make your day, Glenn. I just posted it in the chat. Amazon does, in fact, have Dunkaroos, vanilla frosting, and rainbow sprinkles. These are imported from Canada, and it is uh, it is ten ninety nine for a five pack. They still sell <laughs> them in Canada. I don't These think are... I'm willing to pay eleven dollars for a five pack. I don't think I can do that. Of Dunkaroos, <laughs> you're not craving it that bad. Mm-mm. No. I mean, I guess I don't blame you. It's just like the people who, like, I have a lot of friends that freak out about Surge. Yeah, I loved Surge. Which, by the way, you can buy now. It doesn't have to be imported. And Fruit by the Foot. That was good. I'm just going through all this old stuff, you know, I could buy. There's a 12-pack of Surge on Amazon as well, but it's almost, it's $42 for a 12-pack. Fuck that. Uh, That's not happening. Um, (sighs) Let me see here. My favorite junk food. Um, I'm a I'm a big soft pretzel guy. I really oh, like yeah. I really yeah. like soft pretzels. There's this really crappy brand of soft pretzels as well that has Mike Trout on the box. That, Is that why it's crappy? Uh, no, I mean Mike Trout's an amazing baseball player. No, it's crappy because they can't put any branding on it. So it's Mike Trout in a white and red uniform with no logos or numbers on it. I hate it when commercials do that. It really bothers me. Hi, I'm Mike Trout of California Baseball Team, and I'm here to promote soft pretzels. Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm a yeah, I'm a big fan of those. I'm a big fan of uh, the peanut M and M's. That's a good one. Uh, ben has told me he, his thing is mint M and M's. I like peanut butter M and M's. Peanut butter M and M's are good as well. Uh, M and M's in general are pretty great. Uh, I like but, Milky Ways uh, and but, Airheads. Yeah, I'm I'm mostly like a, for me it's it's mostly like uh um soft pretzels, but if it, if we're going the candy bar route, I'm a big uh Snickers fan and a Kit Kat fan. It's uh those are those are my jams for for candy bars. Um yeah, uh, boy, I hope that satiated your uh desire to know what our favorite junk food is. Uh, now I'm kind of sad Aaron's not here to know what his favorite junk food is. Aaron doesn't eat junk food. He just works out. Uh yeah, 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 yeah. It's got one of those uh, in-shape bodies. I'm sure he eats junk food. Uh, I'll I'll ask him in the I'll ask him in the chat, and then uh, I can put it in the show notes later on. Uh, anyway, uh, that's literally it for the mailbag section of the uh, of the podcast. That was that was all of the good questions, everybody. And one of those questions was asking us what we could do to make the world a better place. Uh, so there you go. Still nothing creepier than the what was the strangest thing that ever happened to you or whatever that question. I got a question for you, and it's pretty vague. Sure. But what's one question you've always wanted to be asked on one of the mailbags? One question I've always wanted to be asked? Yeah, they have it. Like, you know, because sometimes I'll go on and it's like, oh, man, 
I wish we would talk about this. Gosh, you know what? I don't know. Um, I feel like, uh, as far as my tastes go, I feel like most of the things I ever really like to really talk about get brought up, with the exception of, like, politics. I do like to talk about politics, but... Um, no one wants to listen to us. Talk nobody, about nobody wants to come to their their geek culture podcast to hear people talk about politics. Um, I think, by and large, that is, that's it. And there was one guy who did write in saying, "Who is everyone voting for for president?" That was a question, but I did not include it in the mailbag. He's got to get there first. Episode, yeah. Uh, I mean, I would. I feel pretty confident in saying that we've all pretty much come to the conclusion that. Uh, if in fact it does become Trump versus Hillary Clinton, I, I we might as well just say screw it. And, oh, absolutely! I'm voting. And just yeah, point. just see what see what happens with Trump. I am. <laughs> that's like playing Russian roulette, and I I really don't care at that point. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it would be fun to see how far down we can really go. I, I I have I have told people it's like, hey, I'm kind of secretly polling for Trump because you know uh, they say with addicts that sometimes they have to get to the bottom of the barrel before they can climb back up again. And for some people like Lamar Odom, that would be like almost dying in a brothel. Uh, and it's like, apparently George W. Bush was not us dying, almost dying in a brothel for a lot of people. So maybe it would take Trump for us to reach that point to be like, you know what? Maybe we should maybe change our mind about who we elect for president. Uh, you know, the funny thing is there was a movie that came out of several years ago and it was about, because Dennis Quaid, I, I've never seen it, but I remember the trailer. And Dennis Quaid's the president. And more people show up more for, like, American Idol shows. And Hugh Grant's kind of like the Ryan Seacrest of this American Idol. And what he does is he tries to, like, build up his celebrity profile to get voted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, five, six years later, that's literally what is happening. <laughs> so I, need, I think I need to go back and watch that movie because I didn't know it was going to be that prophetic. Agree. Uh, whoa, hold on here. Uh, all right, we're still good. I something my computer made a noise, and I thought maybe something had happened to our. I thought it was Skype, and it says we're still good. Uh, plus, we got to figure out this mumble thing, Glenn. We got to get it working for you somehow, because um, I hate Skype. Uh, okay, sorry. I, even even this time where it wasn't Skype. I still hate Skype because I thought it was, uh, but it wasn't. All right, so let's do uh, the top O, the box office, uh, and discuss what happened there. And then we're going to talk about uh, movies that are opening this week. Uh, Let me see here. Where are we at? Uh, Number five. Debuting at number five is The Choice. I'm sure we talked about this on our last podcast. Isn't it the Nicholas Sparks movie? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like how on a uh, box office mojo, this is this movie is listed under the franchise category of brand Nicholas Sparks. He has his own brand of movies. I didn't realize this. Uh, this movie opened to six million dollars. By the way, uh, just below it at number six uh, was Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. It debuted with five point two million. Ooh. That is a, a poor opening. Indeed. A $20 million budget. Guess Doctor Who isn't that uh, popular. Now, well, I mean, he's not playing a big role in it either, so... Yeah, well, he's doing Mr. Collins, right? Yeah, he's playing Mr. Collins. Yeah, creeper. Uh, <laughs> number four is Star Wars The Force Awakens, which fell one spot from last week at number three. 
Uh, it made six point eight million dollars. Think it's gonna pass Titanic? Because I don't think it is. Uh, it is as of right now with this. Uh, I think it could do it. I think it could because uh, it's close. Uh, with this six point eight nine, so it did six million eight hundred ninety thousand this past uh, this weekend. Worldwide, it is now at two billion eight million three hundred sixty one thousand four hundred sixty nine dollars. It could beat Titanic, which is, I believe is at two point one billion, right? It's like two billion yeah. one hundred million. I think it could do it if, like, if say they wanted. To, I, I I don't think Disney is interested in beating Titanic, but I think if they wanted to, they could put the money out there for a campaign to get to push people to go see it. I mean, maybe people will just read the news on the internet anyway and decide to make a final push for it. It might be possible. Um, so, by the way, Star Wars The Force Awakens, quickest movie to $2 billion, only the third movie to make it to $2 billion, uh, in standard money, of course. I'm sure Gone with the Wind made infinity money uh, when adjusting for inflation. <laughs> yeah, but tickets cost, tickets cost a dime. It was in theaters for 25 years, and everybody in the country went to see it six times. So that's not fair. Uh Number three is the Red I don't know. Would you even it all out if, if it cost a dime and it was in for 25 years? <laughs> I think everything kind of washes out. Yeah. Uh, number three is The Revenant, which fell from the number two spot. Uh, did another $7.1 million uh, in its seventh week uh, in theaters. It's uh, $326 million worldwide. So that's not too bad. No, uh, that's Debuting at number two is... His budget was like 100, right? Uh, 135, yeah. Okay. Uh, debuting at number two is Hail Caesar, which did 11.4 million. Uh, and that's all domestic. There's uh, That's worldwide is also 11.4 million. It is not opened anywhere overseas, uh, but the production budget is 22 million. They'll probably end up uh, doing okay with that. I wonder if... I wonder how that's considered for an opening for a movie, uh, uh, for a Coen Brothers movie. Um, because I, I, I'm glad you asked that because I actually went back uh, yesterday and I was going through to see how much money they made. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of their movies, there's been a couple, um, that haven't done really high. Like Big Lebowski, I think was 42, but the budget was seven million. Uh. And then I think the other one that I saw that was short, not counting like Miller's Crossing, I mean, those those are like early '90s indie movies. Uh, but Oh Brother Where Art Thou was like 75 on a budget of 40. Uh, yeah. But even other ones, I mean, Intolerable Cruelty, which a lot of people forget is a Coen Brothers film, including myself. Uh, but all of their other ones, like True Grit, No Country for Old Men, uh, even The Lady Killers to some extent, you know, about a hundred. Like they they do about a hundred. Some of them. You know, there's a few outliers like No Country Old Man. I think it was like 250 million. True Grit was like 150. Yeah. So I mean, they always make back their money for the most part, and then some. Like I just didn't know it wasn't released anywhere else yet. That's kind no. of odd. yeah. There were no other box office results. Uh, and number one for the second straight week in a row is Kung Fu Panda Three, which made an uh, an a completely even 21 million dollars. Uh, it is up to combined with its worldwide amount, one hundred ninety-eight million. Cute movie, no Kung Fu Panda two. Yeah, you, Glenn had seen it, 
no review coming for Kung Fu Panda 3? No, I don't know why I'm not doing any reviews. I'm just busy. A busy man. Well, he is busy. Glenn is, in fact, busy. Uh, I don't I don't blame you, sir. Uh, all right, let's talk about the uh, coming up, the movies opening this weekend. Uh, a few, quite a few wide releases and a limited release. We have a limited release, Where to Invade Next by Michael Moore. Uh, by the way, it's uh, 76% on the tomato meter after 59 reviews. Are you aware of what this uh, Michael Moore film is? Yeah, I listened to an interview uh, that he did on What the Fuck with Mark Maron. Yeah, uh, look, he obviously this dude is a polarizing figure. And the title is a very attention-getting versus what he's actually talking about in the documentary. The idea is he. The idea is that he goes to other countries. None of it is filmed in the United States. None of it is filmed in the United States. He goes to other countries with the idea of seeing what other countries do. That they have good ideas, and he invades them to steal them. And then I believe the big twist at the end is that he reveals that. At one point or another, all of these ideas originated with us, and we no longer do them, or we moved away from them. Yeah, and like he asked people, like, "What do they think about the United States and that kind of stuff?" Yeah, and then people shit on us, of course. Yeah, I mean, not bad. No, no, I mean, because other people are a little kinder. We're a necessary evil of sorts, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta have us around. What are you gonna do without us? You know, we're like you want the terrorists to win. Come on. Yeah, we don't want that. Uh, How to Be Single is opening wide, uh, starring Dakota Johnson, Allison Brie, Rebel Wilson, Leslie Mann, uh, Damon Wayans Jr., uh, Nicholas Braun, among others. Uh, Drew Barrymore apparently has a small role in the movie as well. There is but one review, and it is positive. Uh, It has one fresh review. I don't know why. That uh, poster that they have out looks incredibly photoshopped and fake. Well, it's the one where they're all sitting on the ground. Yeah, and uh, Rebel Wilson's got the champagne bottle or whatever. Yeah, I, I judge things by their posters a lot of times, and that one <laughs> is poorly done. That's how we knew that Star Wars movie was going to be good, because the poster looked pretty good. Oh. It was a good movie. I, I didn't say it was bad. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I know, it's good. Glenn's like, quit sending death threats over those podcasts we did. Uh, Zoolander 2. Glenn, that's opening this weekend. With Will, I don't know how I feel about it. With Will Ferrell, Owen Wilson, Penelope Cruz, Lord Benedict Cumberbatch the Third. Chris, what, uh, what's his name in this movie? Oh, I God. don't. I didn't catch it. Just I think his name is All because he's supposed to be um, uh, whatever. What, what androgynous? Yeah. And he's androgynous. Is. Yeah, he's what Tilda Swinton is in real life. Uh, Justin Thoreau is in this. Uh, is that the Prime Minister of Canada? Oh, that's no, Justin, Justin Trudeau. Justin yeah, Trudeau. Justin Trudeau is the one. He's married to Jennifer Aniston. He helped yeah. him write this movie, wrote Tropic Thunder. Yeah, Justin Thoreau is in this movie. Justin Trudeau is the Prime Minister of Canada. Yes. My mistake. Uh, this has... His wife had sex with Mick Jagger. Yes, we all know these things. <laughs> this, uh, this film has but one review. I say that because uh, you brought to talk about Michael Moore, sorry. But in that interview, he's talking about, you know, you know who the Prime Minister of Canada is? And Mark Maron says, yes, he's married to the guy, to the wife that had sex with Mick Jagger. Of course <laughs> I know who he is. <laughs> That's exactly. And then they ask him, like, who's the president of uh, 
Mexico. He goes, I don't know that guy. He's like, well, who, who, who is the president of Mexico? Michael Moore's like, oh, fuck, I don't know. I'm just as dumb as you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to see how long you can do this. And he, like, I mean, I know a lot of people, like, I'm not a big Michael Moore fan. Same. I think he does a lot of things to, like you said, polarizing. He He's yeah. very much so shock value. I mean, you listen to that title. And then anything I've ever watched of his, it it's definitely more toned down than what he makes his persona out to be. Yeah. Um, his heart's in the right place a lot of times. I think he his self gets in the way of his heart. Um, but no, I definitely listen to that interview. It was really interesting uh, to hear him talk about it. So, uh, yeah. so there's but one review for Zoolander two. It is a uh, rotten. There is a only one review, and there's yeah, no... and it looks terrible. I don't know. Do you like the original Zoolander? I always never think seen it. That I... I always think that I like it, and then I watch it, and I realize, like, this movie's really not that good. I mean, there's yeah. hilarious bits to it, but as a movie, I don't... It, I watched it, like, four months ago, Yeah, I... <laughs> definitely one of those ones where you watch... You thought you loved will, it as a kid. I will say this. The, uh, the snippet review for the one review that is here from David Jenkins from the website Little White Lies, his snippet is... Easy targets are listily ticked off, and the final credits come as a sweet release. Oh, God. Awesome. That's great. Um, the big release this week is, of course, Deadpool. Uh, starring uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Morena Baccarin, Gina Carano, TJ Miller, a uh, bunch of other people. Kevin Feige is listed in the cast, but I don't think he's actually in this. He's like also listed in the cast is like Simon Kinberg. Like I, I don't. I think maybe they have some producerial roles or something, but I don't think they're in the movie. But they're listed here in the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure Stan Lee has some sort of cameo. Uh, Twenty five reviews on the Tomato Meter, and it is at one hundred percent. Uh, there is a critics' consensus already. Fast, funny, and gleefully profane, the fourth wall-busting Deadpool subverts superhero film formulas with a mild, uh, with uh, mildly entertaining and decidedly non-family-friendly results. So it sounds like basically what everybody wanted out of a Deadpool movie they're yeah. giving you in this movie. So uh, I think everybody is going to be trying to check it out this weekend. Uh, this coming weekend. What do you think and... the box office is going to be? I know we've talked about it before. And I think I said 60. It made that that might even be it a little too up, soft. It could end up being soft. I'm going to I'm going to I think I'm playing it safe by saying 65 to 70. See, I thought I was thinking like Ant-Man numbers. That's what I was predicting. Yeah. I'm Cuz I think it... the number one R movie worldwide is Passion of the Christ, and that made like 372 million. Got it. This movie better Take that off of the it better. Dethr- so, Deadpool dethrones the story of Jesus' crucifixion would be an amazing movie story, box office story anyway. Um, hopefully, and knowing knowing the the marketing they've been doing for this movie, they may do some sort of Passion of the Christ. But the problem is, is that it's not going to be released in China. That being no. said, I also don't know if Passion of the Christ was released in China. Probably not. Uh, that's a, yeah. Uh, all right. So that's the episode for this week. We managed to squeeze in a whole hour of conversation despite uh, very limited material, but that's okay. Well, that's because we found our voice and we knew where to go and that's right. Fill we're in time. We're contributing to world peace now. 
Uh, that's what we do here. Uh, all right. So for everything we talked about, uh, well, you know what? We didn't talk about any of this stuff on the website. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? Go to cinemageekly.com anyway. I'm sure you can find it on the internet. There is something for you to read there at cinemageekly.com. Uh, and uh, check out uh, our presence on the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, YouTube, Twitch, and Instagram. We're all there at cinemageekly. Info at cinemageekly.com is where you can send emails or questions or comments or whatever. Uh, and we can include those into upcoming mailbag episodes. Uh, the podcast, of course, you can download or stream from the website, but nobody does that anymore. It's 2016. You can find us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, or the TuneIn Radio app. You can download Oh, Google those. Play. When's that coming? Uh, Google Play still not here. As far as I know, Google Play Podcast still not here. Once Google Play Podcast shows up, you won't need Stitcher or TuneIn if you've got an Android phone. Because oh, uh, you have Google Play on your phone already, and you'll be able to just find us through Google Play Podcast, which I don't, I really don't like thing. Stitcher. I'm sorry. I don't care if they kick us off, but I don't like Stitcher. Screw you, Stitcher. Um, look, there's a yeah. It's I don't use it, but I use iTunes to download the episodes uh, on my on my iPod is where I go and. Do you listen to? I mean, I know you have to because you want to make sure the sounds okay. But I do not listen. Ones... I do not listen to full episodes, but I do listen to. Uh, I do try to listen to all of the following has been approved episodes. I do try That's to listen to so funny. I do try to listen to the great escape episodes. Anything that I'm not a part of, I do try to listen to uh, from beginning to end uh, because I, I find that to be uh, the respectful thing to do. Uh, but I do find it incredibly difficult to listen to myself talk about things for an hour uh, after I've already said them. Uh, I'm hearing myself say them right now. This is really fucking meta. All right. Uh, <laughs> I won't listen to this part of the podcast back uh, for fear that my brain may cave in on itself. Uh, oh, yeah. One more thing. Cinemageekly.com slash premium. I know we talked about it at the beginning of the show, but it's really important you go and sign up. It's one year. It's one time, $12, and you get access to all sorts of other cool podcast maybe you and you can send us you know email at info at simply geekly if you have suggestions for things yeah like that wwe podcast which again hey if i can get like a third of premium subscribers are interested in us talking about it uh it may be worth it uh let me know info at cinema geekly.com uh i don't know what we'd call it yet at this point but uh yeah i i don't know uh pay per view we could <laughs> maybe that'd be awesome uh, hey, look, we could squeeze it in, Glenn, into into this. I mean, podcast. I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna talk about WrestleMania, even if it sucks, which it probably will. Um, I'd much rather talk about the NXT Takeover show that's happening. Well, we'll talk about before. we'll talk about that. That's yeah. gonna be way better, way fucking better. Uh, but uh, we could squeeze. Hey, look, I we could ham fist it onto the regular podcast. Vince McMahon many times has claimed that they are not a wrestling promotion; they make movies, Glenn. They do make movies, shitty movies, but this was way before they opened their movies. I can't even think of the last WWE production I watched. It's been a while. I guess uh, the first 12 the, rounds. There's a new one with Randy Orton coming out. It's uh, either a Marine or a 12 rounds sequel. Isn't Robert Patrick in it? Yep, he is. Or is it Eric Roberts? Oh, no, it's Eric it, Roberts. It's Eric Roberts. Roberts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry for wasting all of your time by talking about this movie when we should be going, and you can... Happy birthday, the... Ben! Oh, yes, and happy birthday to the barrister, Ben Knight, who turns a stunning 22 years old today. Uh, he doesn't look it, but, 
I think he's getting younger, actually. I think I mentioned 23 in the, in the chat. Oh, yeah. His, his real last name is Button, not Knight. Ah, Mr. Button. Benjamin Button. Happy birthday to you, sir. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. I'm sorry for taking up so much of it earlier talking Star Trek. Uh, apologies. Uh, it doesn't matter. He's working right now anyways. <laughs> so he's not enjoying his birthday. So let's just forget the platitudes. Uh, this podcast is ending on a sad note now. Uh, for Glenn Bove, I'm Anthony Lewis. Uh, we'll be back next week with more Cinema Geekly Podcast. Hi, I'm one of the hosts of Who Made Who podcast. That's one of the many shows on Cinema Geekly Premium. We rip episodes to bits and do the pondering so you don't have to. We also play games using eBay and stray into Star Trek talk on occasion. You're missing this for the sake of $12. Well, it's time to fix that right now. Go to cinemageekly.com slash premium and use PayPal and you're all set. You'll also get a load of other shows for your $12, but really, you know you just want to listen to Who Made Who.